0: From Alloy AI, this is Shuffling. How has the e-commerce landscape changed? How are new product launches different between e-commerce and brick-and-mortar? How do you balance a hybrid approach to retail and e-commerce? On every episode of Shelf Life, we answer questions like these and more with the help of leaders across the consumer goods industry. Today, we welcome Matt Bergham, Country Business Director for Canada
1: at Bosch Power Tools.
0: Matt is a sales and marketing leader with over 10 years of corporate sales experience within the CPG industry at Bosch and iRobot. In addition to leading the Canada region for Bosch Power Tools, Matt also has responsibility for Amazon in the US and Canada. Matt has led Bosch's push into e-commerce, and today we'll share his passion and expertise with Shelf Life listeners. I'm your co-host, Joel Beal, CEO of Alloy AI. And I'm your co-host, Logan Ensign, Chief Customer Officer at Alloy AI. We'll be back with Matt right after this.
2: Selling consumer goods is a tough job. Between rising costs, supply disruptions, price-sensitive consumers, and retail partners who have their own set of priorities... It's becoming harder than ever to execute today, much less planned for tomorrow. There's plenty of data to help, but pulling and analyzing reports from retailer portals is so tedious and time-consuming that you can't respond to problems at the shelf until the bullwhip hits you in the face. That's a cow, actually. Now there's Alloy.ai to help. Alloy automatically aggregates and harmonizes data from your retailers, supply chain partners, and ERP. Then we make it easy to find insights using pre-built consumer goods-specific metrics and dashboards so you can sense, predict, and respond instantly. Check it out today and get a demo at alloy.ai. Matt Bergum, welcome to Shelf Life. Thanks. I'm uh, yeah, super happy to be here. I'm excited to, uh, to join the podcast and share what I can share about all things e-com related. Amazing. Well, Matt, we've known each other a
0: while, but for folks listening, uh, how about you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you found yourself particularly passionate about e-commerce?
2: Yeah. I mean, as as mentioned there at the beginning, uh, I've been in CPG for the better part of my career um, and primarily in uh, CPG, selling to all major retailers in in North America. Um, And that's just kind of progressed over time. Super passionate about um, leading people and leading teams, and as obviously e-commerce has taken over a big part of um, of our business and just the overall retail landscape, it's it's been a it's become a pretty big passion of mine. Um, and uh, so as as we evolve uh, in our business on the Bosch power tool side, it's something that I've um, had the pleasure of helping lead our organization and moving in that direction. And it's uh, it's an ever changing world, and, and uh, happy to be a part of it. So,
1: so Matt. I think as we look across different verticals and, and areas in retail, some have seen faster adoption of e-commerce than others. I'm curious at Bosch and specifically within Power Tools, what's that journey
2: been like? Yeah, yeah, I know it's it's definitely an interesting Um, evolution for sure. Power tools is, is something traditionally, um, that there's two main channels, right? We have a professional channel, uh, where we're using power tools on job sites, construction sites, that sort of thing. But we also have quite a large DIY market and both of those two channels shop and purchase power tools, uh, very differently. Um, and, and so we obviously have the, um, homeowner use, DIY use, that's very used to purchasing online. Um, but on the professional side of our business, that's a, a different, um, a different model. Um, and we're, but we're still seeing a, a, a heavy digital adoption on that front as well. Um, and so, so, so both are moving in the same direction just as fast. Um, but it's, uh, but we're, we're definitely tackling each, each side of those channels quite differently. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on when it comes to our evolution in terms of supporting the digital channel in general.
1: And do you find between those professional and the DIY consumers, are they generally buying in the same place, but buying different products? Is it buying in completely different channels? How, How does that work?
2: Yeah. I mean, when you, when you look at say, you know, a lot of the business that we do online from a retail perspective, whether that be, Amazon or some other major ma- major retailers, um, we we definitely see a broad range of the types of products that are purchased. We sell very high-end, expensive professional tools, but also tools that could be used more in the in the homeowner setting at a lower price point. Um, and so we see the broad range there. But when you talk about um, the way the way that our business is held, sort of on the on the professional side of our business, whether that be in store or brick and mortar, um, that that obviously tends to shift more towards some of our um, higher end professional tools. Um, and, uh, but, but both, uh, the, the broad range of our portfolio is absolutely being purchased, um, online and in many different formats. Um, and it's, and it's our job to make sure that we keep up with it to, to support both sides of it. I'd
0: be interested to hear more internally, how you all think about it. Maybe some of the challenges, expected, unexpected that y'all have had
2: on that front. For a long time, it was obviously surprising to us how quickly we were seeing that shift from brick and mortar into digital. And then obviously during the pandemic, that, that became uh, quite an even more significant shift for us. I think we've done a good job, especially over the last couple of years, of looking at the way that our business is structured internally and making sure that we're in a position um, to to support that growth, not only what we're seeing right now, but where we see the business going over the next 10, 15 years. Um, and that's that's a big part of where I've been involved um, very very much. So recently is is preparing us for that future growth of where we're headed. Um, traditionally, our business prior to um the the growth in e-com, our, our business is very much brick and mortar, um as as many other CPG brands in, in many other industries. Um and uh and so it's that's why it's been such a focus of ours to to ensure that we're prepared for where digital is heading in the future. Um and uh and so obviously channels like Amazon and others are 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 definitely leading in that. Um that's 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 where where our focus is is making sure we're ready for that.
0: And and is that sort of across the board what it means for supply chain what it means for where you're going to spend money what it means from product development I mean is it is it an expansive set of conversations or or when you talk about preparing for for kind of even more e-commerce distribution what what does that mean
2: yeah i mean the the more that our business shifts to e-com and digital, um it obviously has a significant impact on every single functional area within our business, right? So when you talk about supply chain, you start getting into topics like um direct fulfillment and dropship and and some of the added costs uh from a from a distribution perspective that that we have to navigate. Um then then you talk about to your point you mentioned product development. Um when we depending on the retailer, depending on the channel where we're selling online um, sometimes it requires us to have specific products, exclusive products, different packaging. Um, and, and so that, that requires us to make sure that from a product development standpoint, we're, we're taking that into account. Um, obviously on the, on the content side, um, it adds, adds a whole nother layer for us to ensure from a, um, video pictures back keywords, everything from an SEO optimization perspective that we've got that dialed in. Um, it's a little bit different than putting it on a shelf in brick and mortar. Um, so it it definitely it definitely adds another layer um, to to every functional area of our business. How did you kind of get
1: started with e commerce and, and power tools? There, what was the first step? Was it starting to list on Amazon? I mean, you talked about you know drop shipping. There's obviously first party there. There's third party. There's so many different ways someone can start to enter I'm curious how this journey began for you and how it's evolving
2: yeah I mean for for our business in general I mean the obvious entrance for us is supporting that our key retailers that we do business today currently brick and mortar um, that that will always be a focus of ours make sure that, that we're supporting those retailers and then over time if you think back over the last few years obviously as, as Amazon has grown that's that's uh, we, we are a partner with Amazon as well um, and so uh, that's that's from a from a from a business perspective, how that's evolved, um, so, so we, we're um, heavily involved in every channel of our business, whether that's our professional, um, and professional industrial business or our retail business or pure online, pure play, like Amazon. Um, myself, personally, um, I had the benefit within Canada um, in, a, in a smaller scope to, to take a look at our, our overall business and our opportunities and, and identify, you know, we're a small team. Um, and, uh, trying to find creative ways to grow our business and find, find new opportunities to, to grow the business. And so, uh, we've also been able to explore, explore other marketplace channels like eBay. Um, and, uh, there's, you know, marketplace is a whole other animal, um, that, uh, is, is, can be very difficult to navigate, uh, from a channel management perspective. Um, and so, but uh, that that's been a passion of mine. As as we look at our overall portfolio and business, and try to find ways to, to grow, how do we how do we take advantage of these opportunities? But at the same time, ensure from a channel management perspective that we're not hurting ourselves um, across the board. So,
0: well, Matt, one of the things we we hear about, especially recently, is kind of this emergence of e-commerce has, has kind of presented new opportunities and new thinking around new product launches, right? Um, could you speak a little bit to that and how you all sort of leverage e-commerce channels for new product launches? Maybe some of the unique challenges there, distinctions from, you know, maybe a pure brick and mortar product launch?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at our business, one of the things that that we are excited about at Bosch Power Tools in general is the number of new products that we are launching um, this year and next year moving forward. It's a big focus of ours um, to, to expand our cordless platform. And um, as we continue to put more support and effort behind our e-commerce channel, it's a it's a big opportunity for us to ensure that all of those new products are properly represented online. Um, because depending on the category for us, we you know our analysis shows that um, many of our purchases that potentially happen in in brick and mortar start online. Um, and 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 it's important for us to to make sure that that first touch point with our end users is is a really clean experience, um, and so that's where for for us, regardless of the platform, regardless of the website, that um, we've got our content dialed in, we've got our, our our backend keywords, our SEO optimization dialed in, pictures, videos, A plus content, you name it, um, we've got a, a team dedicated to that to make sure that. Um, no matter where the listing is, is that it's it's as clean and um, and clear as possible, so that that an initial shopping experience is is really is really dialed in.
0: Well, I think it's amazing in our era. Maybe a good signal that a salesperson in power tools uh, uses SEO a couple times in a conversation. So, <laughs> a changing
2: landscape. We're we we're, we're, we're we've got we've got plenty of work to continue doing as as we navigate the ever evolving world, but. Uh, we've got we've got plenty of experts on our side that uh that that are helping take us to to get to the level that we need to be at
1: what are some of the challenges that you would say are more unique to the e-commerce side i mean i know you're you're straddling both worlds so you, you see both uh, obviously a huge amount of opportunity that's where so many of the brands out there are seeing a lot of growth right now I, it has i think tailed off a bit post covid where where it was so rapid but yeah, yep. curious. Those things for people that are going through that transition, kind of the gotchas, the things they should be looking out for.
2: Yeah, I mean, on the spot, I, would, I mean, There's, there's a couple of things. There's plenty of challenges as we, as we continue to, to grow our econ business. I think the distribution piece we already talked about. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways to, to from a distribution perspective to manage your econ business. We talk about direct fulfillment, dropship. Um, those are, those are great ways to quickly reach the end user. Um, but at the same time, they come with a lot of added complexity and, and costs uh, associated with that. Um, and so depending on, depending on the, the, the retailer that we work with, um, it's, there's, there's plenty of different options there. Um, but well, we have to be very careful about how we do that from a, so that we can scale properly. Um, and, and, and then in addition to that, um, we Bosch Power Tools today, um, don't leverage D 2 C, um, on our own. That's, 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 a that's something that we're, we're, we're looking into, but not anything that we do right now. Um, but that's another, um, an, an entirely different channel, um, that, that many, many brands will look into that again, adds a whole nother layer of, of complexity where you're not relying on, uh, the backend structure from another retailer to help manage a lot of those things for you. Um. So so the, the distribution side obviously comes with its own challenges and, and, and maybe another entirely different area um, that that especially on our side that um, we continue to add more support to is everything on the advertising side of things, especially when we talk about um, what 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 our strategy is with with uh, with Amazon and, and some of our other retailers. Um, it is a very competitive market. Yeah. Um, when you, when you search for power tools online, there are, there are obvious main brands. Um, but there are many other brands, uh, that, that have made their way into the U.S. and Canadian market that we are all often competing against. So when we talk about, uh, CPC and, and just, just everything that we're doing from a, uh, from an advertising perspective, it, 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 can be very expensive to, to, to advertise. Um, and it's, it's something that we continue to navigate. Um, but from a search relevancy perspective and and from a search ranking perspective, whether you're talking about Amazon or Google or wherever it may be um that's uh that, that continues to be something for us to to navigate
1: So Matt to drill in a little bit more there. you know if you're selling into a traditional retailer and you're being placed you know on a shelf or an end cap or wherever it is, obviously there's a limited amount of product that they can put there, and you know you kind of have these gatekeepers that decide what's you know who's getting shelf space, who isn't. Online, obviously, a lot easier for Amazon to say, "If you want to list, you could come here and list." So, do you just find that it's there's a whole set of competitors that you know you're seeing online that you wouldn't necessarily be competing with as much in store?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the world that we live in now, um, and I think I think one of the things that we have to be careful of, and, and any brand has to be careful of, is um, that the concept of an endless aisle um, was um, was was a very hot topic, say. Pre-COVID. Um, but now as we all look to ensure that our, you know, distribution strategies are, um, are scalable and, and that, that the, the offering that, that we're putting out there is understandable and shoppable. The concept of an endless aisle has, has quickly shifted. Um, and so, um, many, many retailers, many brands, the, the, the only target was list as many products as you possibly yep. can. Mm -hmm. um and and we are very much coming off of that now and saying um no 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 no. this is the core assortment that we want to focus on this is the core assortment that we want to list and advertise and and drive traffic to um and and this concept of the the race to the top of the number of listings that you can possibly have is is not the not where we're focused on anymore
0: Hmm. and you're saying (laughs) the 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 retailers aren't focused on that level that but there's a shifting in, in sort of philosophy,
2: yeah. I mean, it, it a lot of it comes down to um, when you think again, the complexity of the e-comm model. Um, when you look at our portfolio, we sell very large, exp- um, heavy tools, um, those cost a lot of money to ship. Um, and on the flip side, we also sell very small tools like uh, or accessories like drill bits that, um, that low dollar amount that, that can cost a lot of money to ship on a, on a percentage basis. And so when you look at our, our broad range of products that can be listed, um, what, what we're seeing now is um, what makes the most sense that's driving the most margin um, and, and, and how do we balance having the right portfolio, but also having a profitable portfolio.
1: Is right? this shift, is that being driven more by... Retailers? Is it being driven more by brands like yourself saying this is just too complicated and cumbersome from a supply chain standpoint? Is it everyone realizing this is just not ideal?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, when you when you look at it from a retailer perspective, again, it comes back to profitability. That's the name of the game right now. Um, whether it be networking, cash flow, um, or or distribution costs, or a combination of the above, it's it's you know we, we retailers are looking into saying we have to make sure that our portfolio is 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 profitable where um for the longest time on e-commerce it was like like you said it was a land grab and it was just skyrocketing top line sales growth um and and now it's about how do we make sure that 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 sales growth is also profitable when you look at it from a from a um a brand perspective right? like from from our side um the the effort that it takes to manage the at proper content and the advertising strategy and all of that. When you look at a portfolio like ours, where we have six, seven, eight thousand different um, SKUs, um, that's 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 quite an effort to ensure that that constantly we're updating and optimizing eight thousand different listings on on various different retailers. Um, and so we also have to take a look at our portfolio and say um, we're going to dial this down to a hundred core products. Um, and say, these are the ones that we're going to make perfect and ensure that those ones are, are, are driving um, what, what what we're trying to accomplish um, and, and break that down into different categories with different levels of focus.
0: It's super fascinating. It almost feels counterintuitive because you think e-commerce and you think scale. And what I'm hearing is actually e-commerce presents potentially even more challenges to scale when you talk about
2: huge amounts of SKUs It's a super fascinating sort of dynamic there. Well, again, it, it comes along with the increase in competition because early on when it was a land grab and a listing, a listing game, one picture, couple of bullet points, yeah. just get it listed with a price. Right now it's, it's, we have very clear guidelines around what it requires to, to consider a, a product having say a plus content, right? It's, it's, six to eight bullets, 150 characters per bullet. It's seven pictures, a couple of videos. Eight, and then you get further into what we would consider to be A-plus premium content, um, where, where you're getting even further into um, some pretty cool shopping experiences. And it's, it's, it's essentially impossible to do that for 8,000 products, right?
1: I think just speaking as a consumer... I think this is a very positive thing. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the paradox of choice, this idea that when we're overwhelmed with the out of options, you know, it's not a good thing. People don't enjoy it. And, you know, having, you know, better product offerings that are more curated, where there's more information, as you said, that kind of endless aisle, I think that's the term you used, sounds great in concept, but in reality, it's kind of paralyzing. And I know for myself, sometimes I, you know, I go into Amazon to buy something and I'm like, I don't even know what to buy. I mean, there's... Right
2: you know, a hundred different options. And that's, and that's where obviously when we talk about content SEO optimization, I mean, when you, when you look at something like an Amazon search, relevancy search ranking is the name of the game. Um, if, if you are not top five, almost if I, again, personally for me, will I ever go to the second page? Do I ever even scroll hardly to see what the other options are? Not really right so that's when when we look at how do we prioritize what what we're working on it's it's search relevancy search ranking
1: so let's let's talk a little more about amazon i know amazon's always evolving <laughs> mm-hmm. um there are many different elements we can take on this but uh some of the things that we've heard and i know you mentioned in advance of this calls around more margin pressures um you know walmart being very focused there so yeah curious if you can expound a little bit on trends you're seeing you know specifically with them because i know you Again work with them both across Canada and the us
2: yeah I mean it's not it's not I wouldn't say that it's anything um, that's 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 not obvious that you can see um, generally in the marketplace and it's not just Amazon it's all of our retailers um, that margin pressure is a, a is is a very um, massive focus right now. Um, and and you look at some of the things that Amazon is doing as a company, um, everything's pointing towards quarterly reports on operating margin. That's like a, a, a very key focus right now of how how Amazon's improving operating margin, and a lot of that comes down to what what they're doing on the retail side. But but you also look at Amazon's profit drivers, where Amazon ads is driving the majority of their profit right now. AWS on the Amazon side is also a key profit center for them. Um, but when you look on the retail side it's definitely a challenge when you look at the competition that's coming into the marketplace um, and and what that's doing the overall impact of pricing in the marketplace um, Amazon's really good at, at ensuring that the customer experience is great by always having the lowest price but that often comes with some challenges on the margin side um, and so it's it's you know from an Amazon perspective it's definitely a challenge
1: and and. Broadly speaking, you said this is not just an Amazon thing. this is everywhere. Another trend we're seeing inventory reductions, just making sure people are running as lean as possible i mean is that a a trend? you know I know inventory' built up during covid at least once we got past those all those supply chain issues you know are you right. s- continuing to see pressure on your side around people saying we just we want to run as lean as possible
2: yeah, I mean when you look at again, this is not just a bosch thing this is not this is not a retailer specific topic in general, um, coming into 2023, um, as demand slows overall in retail in general, when we talk about things like inflation rates and just general consumer demand, um, we're, we're coming out of, uh, manufacturers and retailers coming out of 2022 that, that, that came into this year with massive inventory levels. Um, and so you, you, you walk into the year with a lot of inventory at the same time that consumer demand is coming down and discretional spending is coming down. Um, and, and it's been a very interesting year when it comes to inventory management overall. Um, and so that's, again, you couple that with margin pressure. Um, and, and so it's, it's been an interesting dynamic for sure in any retail space this year. Yeah.
1: That is a common story we're certainly hearing. I know, especially I imagine Actually, in your space, are you are the holidays big for you?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, depending on the depending on the retailer, but but absolutely. I mean, we when, when we look at our seasonality of our business, when you think power tools, spring is a is a heavy season for us, just as as projects kick off um, in early spring. Um, Father's Day is a, is a big season for us, um, but that when you think e then then that obviously centers around things like Prime Day, um, the Prime Day fall Prime Day, um, and then obviously. Uh, black friday cyber monday period so um, definitely we still see a lot of gifting going on for our we we have our professional business that's very much um, end user job site related but we also have um, just as seasonal as many other categories
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And do you see when you're talking about those those headwinds again, you know, we're seeing across the industry this year. uh, Is it similar across the DIY space and professional or do you find that one's a little more stable than the other?
2: Yeah, I mean, DIY in general, again, not just say um, not 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 our category or our brand as a whole. This is a this is a a market trend in general. DIY has seen a massive um, uh, shift uh, this year. If you think through the pandemic um we we saw um, a really significant diy boom of yep. crafting and diy projects and um you know we and when i think about my own home new deck new fence new everything um and then and then now we walk into this year that how many how many new decks and new fences need to be built um and then on top of that again inflationary pressures and discretional spending and so diy um, has, has seen some some significant declines heading into this year. Um, but at the same time, on the professional side of the business, whether um, whether it be commercial construction, residential construction, we're seeing that much more stable um, uh, compared to DIY. Yeah,
0: I guess, how do you stay on top of that, that shifting? Because I bet you spend time trying to predict and forecast, but what are some things you do to try and stay as current with, What's going on in the market? How do you think about that? Staying close to the consumer.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a battle. I wish we had our our magic eight ball where we could have uh, planned for such a significant shift on the on the DIY side. It's definitely not something that we expected coming into the year. Um, a, anybody in our space, um, and uh, so it, it's for us. It's more about looking into into next year in in twenty twenty four as we we do business planning and w- what does the outlook look like for? And so um, we've we've got a uh, specifically, on our side, we have a pretty extensive team that that definitely supports us on um, helping map out what what future looks like and dialing in proper forecasting. Um, but our focus our, our our focus is very much so on on the professional side of the business and and what we can do to attack that that commercial and residential construction side of things. Um, and and that's where we see a lot of upside for us moving forward.
1: So, without giving away, I guess the the secrets here, Matt, which I'm sure you wouldn't, but uh, yeah, you know, where, where do you see things, you know, going in, you know, the power tool industry as we look forward
2: in, in general reporting is, is 2024 is going to be another challenging year for sure. Um, and so now that's our job as a brand to, to take that, understand that and identify ways to, um, to get creative and go after that. We've got plenty of market share to steal. So, um, no matter how much the market is growing, um, we, we, we still have plenty of market share to go after. And that's what we focus on. So
0: Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, Matt, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on Shelf Life.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and, uh, and and always happy to, to, to chat with you guys. It's been a blast. You've been listening to Matt Burgum, Country Business Director for Canada at Bosch Power
0: Tools. That's all for this week. See you next time on Shelf Life.